when Jesus showed up, if he came and healing was present, everybody didn't get healed. It was available for everybody, but you had to believe in order to be able to receive, and you had to act on your belief. Kind of like salvation. I'm not, I'm not in any way saying you have to have a lot of faith, because the Bible doesn't teach that. But you do have to believe. All things are possible to those who believe. And what does believe do? It'll, it'll move you into the promise. It will, uh, you start to function according to what God promises in his word. And as you believe God, that's what opens the door for you to receive from what God has made available. So we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. The reason I mentioned that is I said, ooh, I better get some mints. Um, if I'm going to be praying for people. And so I, I go to Paul and said, you got any mints? And he said, yeah. And then like 12 mints came out of my hand. And so at least you won't be going out under the power of my breath. Um, I think before we do that, we have a testimony. I think uh, James asked if he could testify. So we're going to have him come and share what's on his heart. And I think Doug wanted to tag on with that as well. Y'all stand uh, like right in front of the pulpit because we got the camera on. I'd like people to be able to see you. I don't mind talking in front of people, but when I hold this thing, I get nervous. I shared this at Sunday school this morning, or yet, uh, Sunday, and uh, it was uh, an experience that I had that happened to me Saturday morning. Uh, Friday night, I went into my study, as I always do, about 8 o'clock. And I began to study, and I, I decided a few months ago that I was going to read my Bible through again, all the way through. And I'm in the book of Nehemiah, and when I study, I take a scripture, and I, and I dissect it, and I take it apart, and I, and I, I find the meanings of words and, and all those things. And me and my best friend, Google, we, we, we get along pretty good, and uh, we have a long conversation every night. He's, he's, he's a pretty smart dude. And... So, anyway, I got to studying and praying and, and reading and studying and praying and reading. And I looked at the clock, and, and it, was, it was 4 o'clock in the morning. I said, well, I better go to bed. And uh, so before I do that, I, I got four or five prayers that I pray every night. Uh, I say the Lord's Prayer. I say a prayer for myself, for my commitment to God. I say a prayer for healing for my wife. I say a prayer for the salvation of my family. I say a prayer for uh, Pastor Rick, his family, and his church. So when I got done with all that, I went to bed. It was probably 4.45, 4.30, And I went to sleep, and I had a dream. And the dream was we were sitting in Sunday school class, and Doug was teaching. We're sitting in the room right back here. And we were all sitting in class, and all of a sudden, a real strong puff of wind come through the room and it hit everybody and the best way I can explain is when you go to the eye doctor and they blow that air in your eye that's how quick it was it was just a real quick burst of air he was teaching we were listening the puff of air came through and Doug said oh wait a minute the Lord's here and Doug raised his hands and we all raised our hands and we all started praying and everybody in the room speaking in tongues and everybody was in their own prayer language. I woke up. I, I, was, I was having some difficulty getting 
the sound to come out of my mouth. I, I felt like I was being restricted. And I woke up, and I had my sheet was over my face when I woke up. And I pulled the sheet off, and then I began to flow with my prayer language clearly. It didn't last very long, probably 10 or 15 seconds, and then it was over. But I remember laying there after that for I don't know how long, just thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I don't know how it's over and over and over and over. And I've had a few days to think about that dream. And I, uh, I, I talked to Doug about it Sunday, and he has his feelings on what it meant. And the Lord has revealed to me what I was, I think, what I was supposed to get out of it. And it was uh, never go to never go to bed, never go to sleep, never end your day without being spiritually full. Because you can, there's two ways you can die. You can die in your sleep, or the Lord can come get you. Either way, you need to be spiritually full. And that's what I got out of the dream. And I'm going to hand this over to Doug, and let him explain what he got out of the dream. Thank you. Thank you, James. Holy Spirit is what this is about. I like to say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. There's something that brings back roots. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. What did COVID do? It put what on us? A mask, didn't it? What did COVID try to do? It tried to shut down the church. It, it did. It tried to shut down the church. It tried to stifle our speech. Now, I believe this. The enemy's a good guesser, but God has reserved the right for omniscience. And I heard this. We have to speak. We have to speak to the mountain to move. We don't just think it. We speak it. We have masks on is what I got. And what he told me tonight, let's take the mask off. I'm taking mine off tonight. I'm getting ready because when we take this mask off, that upper room is going to happen. He told me, I was sitting there, he told me that. Are we ready for the upper room experience? Are we ready for that gust and that blow and that baptism where there's tongues of fire above us? It's been prophesied over this church that there will be flames. There'll be the, Not real flames, but there'll be fire and they'll see it. I've heard it prophesied over the church. Now, if you're with me, look, let's be obedient. What I hear, you, you can bear witness with it. Just go through the motions. If you don't see what happens, let's take this mask off. I want everybody to close your eyes. And I want you to picture a mask. You've got this mask on. It can be a big mask. It can be one of them stupid, excuse me, one of them COVID masks that are put on your face. But I want you all to reach up right now, and I want you to take, physically take, this mask off. And as we take this mask off, the breath of God blow through this place. Remnant rise, says God. Your mask is now off. Your tongue is now released. Holy Spirit, work, and Holy Spirit, fall in Jesus' name. Amen. Now breathe it in. Smell it. Fresh manna, fresh bread in this house. Amen. I believe it. You're going to smell the incense of God in the house. I've had that prophesied over me. That that would happen in the house. Yes, ma'am. It's just further. What's the word? Not validates, but confirms. just confirms. That's the that's the word. Confirms um, 
the other day I, I got up and I was sitting in my chair reading my Bible and and uh, Bobby burst through the bedroom out of the bedroom win window out of the bedroom door and he said Joe and he came over to me and he was like just full of gratitude he was like Joe and he started walking to the kitchen he said you made you made bread and he was like running to the to the oven and he opened the oven and it was as cold as ice I said Bobby I have not cooked a thing this morning you're kidding me you made bread you made bread how'd you make that bread because he could still smell it he was following that aroma of fresh bread all over the house and what does he say I am the bread of life hallelujah He's the bread of life. Bre think about that. You know, you know, oh, pastor, should I just go with it? You know, whenever the, whenever they had the, uh, uh, when they were, the exodus was just fixing to happen and the very last plague hit and they were instructed to kill a lamb. What does that lamb represent? Who does that lamb represent? Jesus. The pure, spotless lamb. They said to put the blood over the doorpost. Go inside. And he said, eat it what? All. Eat it all. And you know, the Bible says in 1 John, it says, uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he said, I'm the bread of life. He said, if you don't drink my blood and you don't eat me, you're not going to eat my flesh. You're not going to have any part in the kingdom. What, you know, I felt like the Lord showed me that we can't pick and choose how we walk this out. We can't pick a part of the word of God. He says, you have to eat it all. You can't just pick and choose what works for you and maybe what's good for you and what feels good. But you got to do the stuff that doesn't feel so good, that makes us break and makes us conform to his word, conform to his image. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy, but oh my goodness, it's worth it. I'm going through a hard time. It's like my emotions are going like this and like this and like this. Right, Bobby? And like this and like this. And uh, I'm just here to testify that it doesn't matter what my emotions tell me. The Word of God is truth from the beginning to the end, and I embrace all of it. I'm not leaving a part out and say, well, that's just a woman, or that's just this. Or No, 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 no. The Word applies, and I'm consuming all of it. I don't want to take just what, I, what works for me today or what feels good today. I want all of it. If it means humbling myself, like standing up here and saying I'm doing this, that's humbling for me because I'm not one to share those kind of things. But I know the Word of God is true. And there's life in the Word of God. And I will consume that Word, every bit of it. And God will be victorious in my life. Amen. Tonight seems to be the night. Amen. My brother touched on a lot of things. And I just... There's a lot of stuff that's been going on in my life. Like you said, sister, you're up and down, up and down. I'm telling you, I feel like I have constantly been in a battle. Constantly just, it, the, the enemy is just ever f coming against us. But I thought of something, and all three of you said stuff. The first thing you said about the mask. I remember when they wanted us to wear the masks. 
and had the regular masks, but you could get the N95 mask. You need the N95 mask. Well, I don't know if you all ever put that thing on. I put it on. I can't breathe through the thing, okay? It's, it chokes out the breath. Couldn't help but think about Jesus. What did Jesus do to his disciples? Jesus went up to him and went, receive the Holy Spirit. How did they receive it? I believe that's how they received it. And the enemy would try to keep us from receiving that spirit. Now, when it comes, you mentioned about sleeping and such. I'm telling you, I told Pastor this, and I shared it with Pastor. There are times where I wake up in the morning, and almost every morning, I, I have like a prayer on my heart, and it's just there. And it's like, and I'm, I always thought that was really neat. Hey, I wake up with a prayer on my heart. Good. I must be doing something right, Brother Bobby. You know? <laughs> but all of a sudden, one morning, I was in that space where I wasn't quite awake yet, and I heard a three-point prayer. It was so clear, so definite, and it was speaking to my heart. It was a prayer that was being raised to the Lord that was praying for me, for my spiritual well-being for my walking crack. It was everything. It was, it was amazing. And I said, oh, let me write this down. So I got up out of bed. I grabbed the pen, and I couldn't remember a thing of it. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I think sometimes it's getting old. But I took and I went in on my devotional time because at that point I just had to spend time with the Lord. And I believe what the Lord showed me was that, you know what, the Bible says that we don't know what we should pray for as we are. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And sometimes that comes out in heavenly language when you're praying in your heavenly language. But I got to tell you, I believe that in the mornings, and now I've, I've realized that that ain't me praying. That's Holy Ghost in me praying. Amen? And what's he doing? He's making intercession before the throne of God. The Bible tells us if God be for us, who can be against us? God is for me. And it also says that Jesus lives to ever make intercession for us. So I've got God is for me. The Holy Spirit is making intercessions for me. Jesus is making intercession. You talk about a hotline to glory. I am telling you, God is working in our lives. And the last thing I'll say is this. You know, you said about the Lord's Prayer. And I don't know, I've probably shared it with you all in, in school of ministry. They hear a lot about me in school of ministry. But you also mentioned about Jesus being the bread of life. And I pray, when I pray through the Lord's Prayer, and I try to do it every single day, I take and I, I really enhance it. I, I speak it out. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, let me have a healthy fear of God today, Lord. Let your presence just be known in my life. Let me yield myself to you. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, well, your kingdom is where you reign. Reign and rule in my life today. Let me submit myself faithfully to you. But when it comes to the part of and give us this day our daily bread. And I got to tell you, when it comes to the daily bread, sister, when it comes to the daily bread, I've heard a lot of people preach on this, and they say, well, God is the provider, and he is, and he will meet your provision. Oh, brothers and sisters, it's so much more than that, because the daily bread is what she said. It's Jesus. I want everything that Jesus has given me in redemption. He is my daily bread. He is Jehovah's Sidkenu. He is my righteousness. I'm accepted in the beloved. Praise God. He is Jehovah Makadish, the God who sanctifies. I'm, I, I'm constantly cared for. God is 
you know, I'm significant. God is working in my life. He works in us to do and to will for his good pleasure. He's Jehovah Shema, the God who is present. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that? And Holy Spirit is interceding for me. He's Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is the God who provides all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He is Jehovah Shalom, God who is our peace. How much does the enemy try to steal your peace away? But I am whole and sound in Jesus Christ. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is my banner. I belong to his family. I am no longer separated from, the, from God, but I am one of the saints of the household of God. I am in his name. We are covered by the name of Jesus. Amen? I want everything that God has given me through Jesus in his redemption. He is the bread of life. Lord, give me this day the bread. Amen? <laughs> You're going to preach some. <laughs> Real short. I read a little a short story this week. Some of y'all probably read the same thing. A very rich man died, and there was having this large, extravagant funeral service for him. And there was a man sitting in the audience, and he turned to the gentleman beside him, and he thought, he asked him, he said, well, I wonder what he left behind. And the gentleman sitting in front of him turned around immediately and said, everything. So the, the, little, the word I got over there just now was, don't put all your cares and all your thoughts and build your treasures here on this, in this life. The one to come is going to be a whole lot longer than the one we have here. And that's where you need to build your treasures. I, I'm good. I'm. Yeah, you don't. It just stays on. Because I'm not sure what to do now. I don't know, the only thought that I had, I don't know where it is, was uh, the woman with the, uh, Jesus went over to Syrophoenicia or somewhere, and there was a woman there that had a daughter who was demon-possessed. And so she came to Jesus and she said, Jesus, can you do something about my daughter? Basically, he just ignored her. Didn't answer her, but she was like a pit bull on a bone. She knew that he had the answers to her daughter's dilemma, so she wouldn't let go. And then I think after, and I'm just doing this by memory. I don't know the last time I've read it, but uh, if some of y'all know where the scripture is, let me know, and we can go there. But uh, he basically turned to her at one point and said it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs what was the children's bread what was she looking for in the bible her daughter was uh, possessed by a demon but in the bible depending on which gospel you read when jesus said heal go and heal included in healing was freedom from demonic oppression or demonic possession or whatever people have so in a sense what i'm trying to get at is what he was saying was healing 
belongs to the children. Healing is the children's bread. Right? Not. And when he was talking about dogs, the, the Jews, they didn't like Samaritans. They didn't like Gentiles. And yes, it was kind of a derogatory way of referring to them. They said, well, why would Jesus do that? Well, Jesus has always has a point. And you've got to remember the Lord is always, he's a, Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. The Bible teaches us that God is good. Sometimes God is silent, and in his silence, we're challenged with how do I respond to a good father when he is silent? Do I continue to trust that he is good, or do I let the enemy tell me that he's not good? When the Lord sometimes can be a little stern, have you ever had the Lord be stern with you? He's been stern with me before. When he's stern with you, do you immediately say, well, I thought he was good, but I guess you're not? No. He's good. The Bible teaches he's good. He disciplines those he loves. And so whenever he said it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs, she did not let that put her off. She said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And Jesus, all of a sudden, you realize this was a test. It was a way to pull faith out of her. Do you really want what I have? Do you really need what I have? Are you willing to press through the obstacles to receive what I have, not out of works, we don't receive by works, we receive by faith. But sometimes faith needs to grow. And how does faith grow? It grows in the challenges. It's kind of like if you want to be a football player, you, you may have some ability, but you have to grow in your ability. I, I, I actually was a tennis player, so I can speak more to that. So when I first started learning how to play tennis, I was pretty bad. Everybody starts being bad. <laughs> Just if you want to be good at something, there's no way to go to be good without being bad. And then you have to continue to play through that badness. And you have to challenge yourself. You have to be challenged. You don't get better by playing people that are worse than you. I'm talking strictly in terms of, of, of uh, sports, but I'll make a correlation in a minute. You don't get better by, by not challenging yourself. You get better by challenging uh, yourself by playing people that are better. You don't start off moving mountains. Right? Have God-like faith. What does God-like faith do? Speak to the mountain. You don't start off moving mountains. But your faith can grow. It begins like a mustard seed. But that mustard seed faith through life, as long as you're not put off by the obstacles, put off 
by the challenges, put off by the afflictions that often come because of serving God, put off by sometimes the silence of God, put off by the discipline of God. As long as you're not put off by that, what you have to do is you have to find a way to trust God through the inequities sometimes, through the circumstances that are screaming to us that God is not who he says he is. And you have to continue to believe God. And when you continue to believe God, sometimes when it makes no, your feelings don't line up, your thinking doesn't line up, it just doesn't make sense, but you say, but I know that God is good. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know that God can deliver us. But if not, we're going to trust them anyway. And maybe, you know, sometimes people say, well, if they had faith, they would have never got thrown into the fire. That's not true. Sometimes it's your faith that gets you thrown into the fire. But it's being willing to be thrown into the fire that reveals Jesus, strengthens our faith. And why do we need our faith strengthened? Because as your faith grows, it's what positions you to receive from the promises of God. I don't have the faith for that. Trust the Lord, and he will bring you to a place where you will. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What is the thing that we've got to have? Not to quit. Not to quit on God. Not to quit trusting in God. But I've been prayed for before and nothing happens. So guess what? The enemy wants to tell you, well, God will heal other people, but he won't heal me. So, yes, he's a good God, but for some reason, he's just not good to me. Well, we've got to learn how to push through that. Because what the Word of God says is the Word of God says God does not show favoritism. He does not show partiality. Yet the Bible is, yet the enemy screams that God is not going to heal you. There must be something really wrong with you. There must be something really bad with you. Uh, God, or God is just not who he says he is because if he was, you would be healed. This would happen in your life. And that is an enemy. Our feelings are, are, are th- is screaming to us. But in the middle of that, we've got to reconnect with God. And we have to somehow find a way to say, God, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. I, I know what, the, what I'm hearing. But somehow, I just have to believe that you are who you say you are. What did Job say when his wife... It's not about Job's wife. I'm just saying it was, it was an illustration. But his wife said, curse God and die. What do you say? How can we accept good from God and not evil? Not that God gives evil, but he was just saying, how can we only trust when things go well? You see, that's sometimes when faith grows is when things don't go well. Maybe this lady had a picture of coming to Jesus and that she was going to throw herself at his feet and all of a sudden he was, oh, woman, yeah, sure thing, here you go. But no, she had to press through. 
And it wasn't a works. See, what she didn't realize is Jesus was, was in somehow bringing that faith that he saw in her out. Will you trust me when I'm silent? Will you trust me when it looks like I'm not good? Will you trust me when it looks like I'm actually against you? Will you trust me? And the woman says what I hope that I can say. Even the dogs eat from the crumbs under the master's table. And what did Jesus do? I believe at that time he just brightened up and he said, oh, woman. I'm not sure if it's in that text where it says, great is your faith. I'm not sure if it's in that text. And he said, go. Your daughter has been delivered. Matthew 15. Awesome. Verse what? Matthew 15, verse 21 and 22. I just want you to know how good the Lord is. He's committed to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I also want to encourage you, if you struggle with sleeping sometimes, you know, a lot of times uh, I was reading, let me tell you my story, and then I'll, I'll come back to Matthew 15, I'm sorry, 20? Yes, 21. Well, anyway, um, I went through a time where I just went through a tremendous battle in my life, and it was really just open doors in my life that I had to close. And the enemy took advantage of that, and um, it was my fault, but he took advantage of that. I went through battles of anxiety, not being able to sleep. I went through a lot of stuff, and then the Lord began to bring his promises to bear in my life. Medicine didn't work for me. Um, The only option I had, I, I hate to say this, you think, but you know, I was learning how to trust too. You see, it doesn't matter how long you've been serving God. What matters is learning to trust God. And we can all have areas in our life where we trust God more than other areas. Right? So in my situation, I had to say, well, medicine can't help me. And so, Lord, the only option I have left is you. Not that I haven't tried it before, but I'm saying, but now, really, I have no other option you and I took the medication that I tried and left it I said Lord I'm going to trust you and I never had to do that again but it doesn't mean that I haven't had my battles it doesn't mean that sometimes that fear doesn't try to come back he said well what do I have to what do I do what I've learned how to do actually somebody that helped me put it into words better was Kenneth Hagan He said, I was going through a battle. He didn't say what the battle was. And he said, for several nights, I was going through a battle. I was having a hard time sleeping. I just was a physical problem. And he said, I prayed about it. And I asked the Lord, what should I do? He said, consider not. As the word says, consider not. Right? Stop focusing on the problem. Okay? Consider not, consider not, consider not. He said, well, what I would consider? Consider Jesus. And I realize sometimes when I'm battling is because I have this strength that I do have, which is an ability to focus. I can focus on something. I mean, and I can just focus and focus and tune everything out and focus and focus and focus. Now, that's a good thing 
when it's a good thing. When it's not a good thing, that's a bad thing, right? And so I realize sometimes uh, that sometimes when I'm struggling, I am focusing on the issue. And so I had to learn not to consider. I actually tell myself, consider not. So how do I consider not? I consider him. And what I learned how to do, I personally, I memorize. Sometime I had, I had the first couple of chapters of the book of James memorized. I had several Psalms memorized. And when I went to bed, when I was struggling, I, I did it all the time, but then particularly when I'm struggling, because now I pretty much fall asleep right away, but every once in a while I'll have a battle and I'll just begin to start, I'll start in Psalms 1. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. But, but what I'll do is I, I slow down because it's not just about saying something. I want to think about it. Yeah. I want to, I want to, but how are you going to sleep if you think? But I'm not thinking about a problem. I'm thinking about the Lord who is my peace. And the reason I got to this is when I get to Psalms 23, I, I really, really, because I just like to get, the, I like to get it down, but I know I got to the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, I don't have to worry about my life because the shepherd is taking care of me. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. You know, sheep won't lie down unless they're safe and unless they're full. But why can the sheep lie down? Because the Lord is my shepherd and he's watching out over me. And then he maketh me to lie down. He leadeth me beside still waters. You know, sheep, I, I was re- read this one time, sheep, if the water's tumultuous or dirty, it gets in their, in their no, it, it's not a pleasant experience. And so the shepherd will find places where the sheep can drink in a still place, in a pool, and it's refreshing for them. But the sheep isn't thinking about that. Who's thinking about that? So why am I thinking about what the shepherd is thinking about? Usually that's when I start having problems is when I start taking on his responsibilities. How many of us, when we pray, we tell the Lord how to fix it? I already got it worked out. You talk to them, and then you talk to them, and you, and you just tell the Lord what he needs to do. Right? But who's God when we do that? And so I, I've learned that what even sometimes when I pray, I'm not considering him. I'm still considering the problem, and I'm still shouldering the problem. And so I've got to learn how to let him have the problem because the Bible teaches that he loves me. If he can run a universe, he can take care of my life. Right? And so it seems like the older I get, sometimes it drives my wife a little crazy because uh, she wants me to worry about stuff. Will it help? I was watching a movie one time and this guy kept saying, hey, why aren't you worried? He said, will it help? And he gets another problem. He said, man, you should be worried. Why aren't you worried? He says, would it help? And if we were honest, does it help? No. Why should we not worry? Because we have a Lord who is taking care of everything, and we have to learn how to trust. And see, everything we go through is about learning how to trust. 
that he is faithful to his word. And when we go through difficult situations, it's not because he's being mean. It's not because he's being bad. It's not that. It's because, it's because sometimes what that does is it, it draws out, it refines, it, it, it causes our faith, uh, and God causes us to grow from a little mustard seed into a tree. But we have to continue to stay near his feet. Continue to keep our eyes on him. Continue to realize that he is good. And he is who he says he is. And the woman would not let herself be shaken that he could and would do something about her daughter. In fact, let me read it. Jesus went out from there, departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. You know when they call him son of David. Now, she is not a Jew, but she's recognizing what the Pharisees and the Sadducees would not, that he is the Messiah. I see in you that you are the son of David. You are the promised Messiah. But he answered her not a word. When are you going to heal me, Lord? Why will you do it for others and not for me? And he answered her not a word, but she didn't leave. She didn't quit. She didn't say, forget you. She didn't do that. I hope that's not too strong of a... But that's what we say sometimes. Forget you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. But she didn't do that. She wouldn't let him, his silence, offend her. But, and then his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. In other words, she's bothering us. Have you ever had people come to you and say, Stop bothering him. He's not going to do it for you. It's not going to happen for you. It'll happen to others, but it won't do it for you. And sometimes the very people that you hope will be the ones that strengthen you are the ones that sometimes discourage you. But she wouldn't let them cause her to leave either. She kept her eyes on him. And then finally when he spoke, he said it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And you know what some people would take as an insult? She said, yeah, but I'm there. I'm under the table. And I don't have to have the full course. I'll take the crumbs. I don't care. Just heal my daughter. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. But what I wanted you to see by that is that the healing belongs to the children. We're not outsiders. We are children of God. That's what Romans says. We're not, we are servants, but we serve as sons and daughters of a king. We've been adopted into the family of God. In our society, adoption seems to be the second-class thing, but in Roman society, adoption was actually a higher status than one that was born into the family because you didn't just come into the family. You were chosen. We were chosen by God. You're his children, you're his sons and his daughters. And so what we can take away from this is that healing is our bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Do we deride our children when they say, Mom, I'm hungry. Dad, I'm hungry. Do we say, 
you ungrateful little kid. I just fed you two days ago. Now, when our children are hungry, what do we do? A good mom will get up there and, yes, um, why are you using women? Well, it just happens to be my experience, okay? Mom will get in there and mom will cook. Make something for her kids and be happy about it. Maybe, maybe actually making some bread, Bobby. Yeah. But when my, when my wife had to work, I had to do what was hard for me to do. See, see that's sometimes we don't realize in our society we think it's about, oh, everybody should. Some, some of us are better at some things than others. My wife doesn't want to mow the lawn. I don't mind mowing the lawn. I don't want to cook. My wife doesn't mind cooking. I can look in the refrigerator and see that I'm going to go hungry. My wife shows up, and she makes this incredible meal. That's a gift that I do not have. But when my wife is not home and my kids are hungry, I, I, start, to, I start to somehow tap into her gift. i got to figure out something. Honey buns, that looks good. You'll like this. Cereal, yes, pizza. They call pizza, whatever. But, but you don't... You don't deride your kid for being hungry you go out of your way when they say I'm hungry I need I need food I need sustenance and you and you provide for them how much more when the father teaches us to pray give us this day our daily bread now sometimes we tend to limit it solely to food not realizing that it's so much more than food healing is the children's bread. And as a child, he said, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. Because if you ask, whoever ask, if you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you will find. And to him who knocks, the door shall be opened to him. And I like what it goes on. It says, what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And he taught us to ask. When you pray, pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grant us or give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, great. I think there's only two or three people in the Bible that Jesus said had great faith. One was a centurion and one was this woman. There may be another one. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Because she believed. And she would not let anything keep her or move her or push her away from what she knew Jesus carried and who Jesus was. He is the Messiah. He is God in the flesh. He is the Lord. He is our healer. He's our banner. 
He's our righteousness. He's our peace. He is who he says he is. And if he says, give us this day our daily bread, I felt like this morning, I mean, like uh, just before service started, right before I came up here, the Lord said, I'm here to heal. I want to heal my people. Then who are we not to say, well, Lord, not only are you telling us to ask, but you're also saying that you're graciously here awaiting for your children to ask because you're here to do it. And so by faith, I want us to agree together. I didn't plan on teaching this tonight, um, but I want us to believe God together. I want us to ask. The Bible says if you can agree about anything in his name, or two or three can agree about anything in his name, what does it mean in his name? According to his will. Well, it's healing his will. Healing is the children's bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around uh, doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the enemy, for God was with him. I don't know about you, but I'm going to ask. And I'd like somebody to agree with me. And I want to encourage you today. He's a good God. He's here. He really, really does love his children. If we being evil know how to good gifts to our, good give gifts to our children, how much more does he who is the good, the good, the goodest good. Marty said ain't, so I can say the goodest good. Y'all with me? No. So I want to I wanna give us an opportunity to believe God, to ask, and to receive. Because see, one of the things that I do at night, and I want to encourage you to do, is uh, because I struggle with sleeping, is every night when I go to bed, I said, Lord, I pray that tonight you would give me good sleep, good dreams, and help me to go to sleep fast. Your word teaches me, and I remind him of his word, that you give sleep to your beloved. And you also give sweet sleep. So tonight, according to your word, because I am, and I tell them, I am a part of your beloved. I have no doubts. I'm part of your beloved. And so if you say you give sleep to your beloved, Lord, I'm asking you tonight for sleep. But not only am I asking, I thank you, Lord, because I receive it by faith. You see, a lot of us have no problem asking, but we have a problem receiving right? I ask and I receive. And a lot of times I wake up (laughs) and it's the next morning. He's just good. So if you're here tonight, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and somehow uh, you would say to yourself, well, you know what? I need God to touch me. I need a healing. And, And it could be a healing in your body. It could be healing in your mind. It could be healing in your in your, in your emotions, it could be healing. Uh, maybe, maybe when Anna Jo testified, you say, I'm going through that too. I need the Lord to touch me and heal me and regulate that in my life. Or it could be a healing in, in your, I mean, let's, let's, not, let's not keep God. Maybe you need, a, you need a miracle in your finances. You need God to do something supernatural in your life. He can do it. He's a big God. He's already got it all worked out. One last story. I've shared it before. Lord taught me how he's got everything worked out. And it's not our job to, to, to try to figure out how he did it. Really what we need is not to encourage him to make a way for us, 
but to ask him about what he's already done in making a way for us. Uh, when Peter had to go and open his mouth and say, we pay the temple tax, and he comes back and Jesus said, did you tell him we pay the temple tax? This is Rick Hilgero version, okay? And he said, yes. And he said, well, who has to pay? And, you know, he kind of said, but, you know, in order that what you said, we can make that happen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a line. I want you to go to the, to the body of water, and I want you to put it in. I want you to catch a fish. The first fish that you catch is going to have a coin in it. When you take that coin, it's going to be enough to pay your tax and mine. And the Lord, he, he quickened something to me. He, 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 he was like speaking to me through that word. He opened it up to me. And I realized that provision was already there. He knew where it was. But Peter didn't know where it was. Peter didn't need God to make provision. Peter needed to know where the provision was that God had already made. And see, sometimes we think that when we're praying, we're like trying to get God going. Like when we tell our kids to clean their room. We're trying to get them going. And if I just nag them enough, or threaten them enough, in a good way, in Jesus' name, <laughs> they'll do what I want them to do. And sometimes we approach God that way. But it makes a difference when we approach God knowing that he already knows how he's going to do it. He's already made the provision. He's not trying to figure it out. He's already figured it out. Before, before Jesus ever came into this earth, from the very foundations of the world, he was crucified. He already, God already knew. He already knows how to, how to get you out of your problem. So what do we need? What we need is not for God to figure out the problem. What we need is revelation. We need to know how God is going to do it. Right? And when you get revelation, that's what's going to bring the provision into your life. God's already made it available. He's already made a plan. He's already knows what he's going to do. It's just up to us to trust him that he is who he says he is. Amen.